Jennifer Shannon, and this is the Marketing Academy for Agents podcast. If you're a real estate agent and want to build your marketing skills, this is the podcast for you. We teach you actionable and effective marketing techniques so you can grow your business to compete with top producers and national brands. As realtors, we live and breathe by the saying, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Creating relationships is critical to the well-being of our business. On today's show, we're talking to networking and relationship marketing expert, Tim Nichols. Tim is an entrepreneur who moved to a new town with a brand new business, not knowing anyone in the community and having no pre-established book of business to start. Although he had no local connections, His previous career experience had prepared him to brave the winds of change as a stranger, and despite no traditional marketing, for which he didn't have a budget for anyway, he knew this one thing to do. This one thing was a process that he developed through previous experiences in working with Chambers of Commerce. This process was his springboard for growing his new business in a new town from zero clients to over, get this, 3 million percent growth in his first year year. So his company is appropriately named 3 million percent. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here. Oh man. Well, I am so excited for this conversation because today we're going to talk about something that frankly used to exhaust me to think about since I am such an introvert. It's networking and relationship marketing. In fact, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when you first told me about your training to help me with networking, I was like, nope, no way. I've done that before. Never again. I don't know. Do you remember that? Actually, I don't remember the specific circumstance, but Uh I do get that response quite a bit. And it's not necessarily from the introverts, although about 50% of it is. The other side of that is people who think they already know it. And Ah. so they, uh, they think, hey, I've already got this. I already Mm -hmm. know how to talk to people. I already know what to say. But what I learned to do was create a a refined process and how to speed trust. Gotcha. So before I'm, and we're going to dig into that because I think that's critical. And before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, let's take a few steps back and talk about how this even started for you in the first place. As I said in the intro, you moved to a new town and knew no one, but you had a business to run. So tell us about that. It was very scary. I'm sure. I'm sure. And and as a financial advisor, uh, number one, it was very scary to go independent. Uh, I I completely pulled a a Jonah and the whale. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ran from God on this. I felt like he had been calling me to go independent for about two years. Wow. And I ran from it that long. I interviewed with everybody I could interview with to try to avoid that. <laughs> wow. And uh, so it, it circumstantially, God just made it happen where I needed to make that move. Mm-hmm. And I did. But what, what gave me the courage to do that was if I could just take what had worked for me in the past and drop everything that the companies, corporations, banks, brokerage firms were telling me that worked, but actually didn't, Mm. if I could just drop that and I could take what had worked for me and do it in a way that I didn't have to spend much money to do it, 
then I knew I could be successful. And so that was the, that was kind of how I started. And I just, I mean, keep in mind the community I went to was high net worth, high income, high influence, high competition because it was high net worth and high income, right? So as a financial advisor, I had lots of competition of everyone who wanted to help them invest or spend their money. <laughs> I'm right? sure. And so I knew that I had an uphill battle going, going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought if I could build relationships fast, it would be where they would know me and my competition, if they weren't visible, would be moot. It would be not, not an issue at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was kind of the attitude that I had coming into it. And that gave me the courage to do that. Well, and I imagine that you needed a lot of courage because it just, it had to be such a scary moment when you've got these big, massive national brands telling you, no, 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 this is how we do this. This is how you build your book of business. It's the way it's always been done. Just trust us on this. And then for you to say, no, I'm going to do it this way. I mean, that had to take some guts. And, and that's one thing I've already seen a pattern in these shows is it's like the people who have really broken from the mold or those who refuse to, I, I call it swim in the sea of sameness. And so I'm sure that took, um, some courage for sure to say, uh, you know, your way maybe isn't the right way. Yes. And it was very transformational for me too. Mm-hmm. So I transformed as I grew I actually grew as a person and as opposed to just a business, mm-hmm. you know, in, in how I was approaching it. I'll tell you a, what really encouraged me mm-hmm. is I had gone to a, a, a Zig Ziglar business boot camp. Ah. And in that boot camp, one sentence, one Ziglar quote made everything make sense to me. And that quote was, you can have everything you want in life if you will help enough other people get what they want in life. Mm. And I thought, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I don't have to worry about saying the right things to sell. I don't have to worry about meeting the right people. All I have to do is help people get what they want. And I learned the faster that I could do that, the faster I could get what I want. I love that. And that, I mean, I'm writing that down right, right now. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I need to like put that up on a board in front of my face to see every, every day. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what, what brought you to this point of realizing, okay, I need to find a way and a system to help people get what they want and build relationships that way. And, you know, a lot of times when we talk about networking, networking, we think about being in a BNI type meeting where, you know, we're all around a table, everyone's giving their elevator pitch and we're going across the room trying to get enough cards and contacts so we can set up those meetings next week to pitch people, you know, everybody's pitching their business, but what you're wanting to, you know, encourage people to do and teach people, what you do teach people to do goes beyond that. So tell us about the ways that we network in our day-to-day lives that we may not be aware of and opportunities that exist for us. I'll answer your question, but I want to go back on something that you just said earlier. Sure. 30 second sales pitch. What is that? (laughs) It's that elevator pitch that we're told to like, give them the hook, make them want to ask more. Well, most of the time it's a sales pitch. Mm -hmm. 
And typically they don't ask more. Yeah. Because you've just asked them to buy in your first 30 seconds of meeting them. True. There is no relationship built. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I learned to do was to not have a 30 second elevator pitch. Oh my gosh. So again, that's one of those like, oh no, this is the way we do this. This is, you know, and so you're going against the grain yet again. Right. And, and I want you to imagine it this way. So let's say you're at a 60 person networking event. Let's just say it's a happy hour type deal or something mm-hmm. like that. About a hundred percent of the people in attendance are there to sell something. Sure. I have not once met a person that comes to a happy hour event to buy. Have mm-hmm. you? Nope. <laughs> I have right? not. So if I were to apply that Ziegler quote, you can have everything you want in life if you'll help enough other people get what they want. Mm-hmm. The one thing you have in common with everybody in that room is you want to grow your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the thing that they all have in common is they need to sell something. So if I'm applying that Ziegler quote, the faster that I can help them sell something and grow their business, the faster they become a referral generator for me. Got it. Okay. So what I started doing is having deeper conversations, learning what they needed and who their ideal client was and start matching them with potential referral sources in the room. Okay. So in the room, in the room, I would do that on the spot. Okay. And they were like, oh my gosh, well, this is exactly the person that I needed to talk to. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I've actually seen it where I connected a, a sale. I connected a sale. I made a sale for someone within their <laughs> first minute of meeting each other. Oh my goodness. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is the exact person I need to meet. Mm-hmm. They didn't know each other before then. Hmm. They didn't even know that they needed what they had, you know, and it was something completely unrelated, but uh, unrelated businesses but it affect the personal life of whoever I made the introduction to. Hmm. They needed the service of the person I introduced them to. And then that... it just was mind blowing to, to watch that happen. Um, but we can get into it later, you know, later on, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess we can go back to the question on the BNI stuff too. Mm-hmm. So with that, I know that it's not just BNI, it's other networking groups it's the same concept. Most people are there to try to, I'm going to say, force referral generation, mm-hmm. you know, and what I, what I didn't like about those types of uh, organizations were they try to, um, let's just say, encourage, strongly encourage you to only use members who might be industry exclusive in that organization. Mm-hmm. So as a financial advisor, I probably had 20 real estate agent friends who I would mm-hmm. love to refer to. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in an organization where they're telling me I can only use the real estate agent in that room, right? and I don't have trust in them, and I don't know them or like them, mm-hmm. then my time in that organization is not going to be well spent. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why I took the Chamber of Commerce and made it more of a platform of, that I used. Okay. Because it opened up the platform to me where I viewed a 
Chamber of Commerce as a platform, not necessarily a, a service or an organ, organization. It was a relationship trading platform. So I could interconnect the 20 real estate agent friends of mine with the 10 banker friends of mine, you know, and the other insurance agent friends of mine, and just all these different connections that I had worked to build. I could interconnect them and refer them based on their personality type and mm -hmm. their usefulness to the person I was referring to. Okay. So you're leveraging the platform of the Chamber of Commerce. And so how long, because one thing you mentioned um, earlier was you're having deeper conversations with everyone in the room and connecting them with people in the room at that time. How long does it take you to go through and really get to learn all those businesses in that room so you can start making those connections? It really goes back to the conversation, Jennifer, and, mm -hmm. and really how open that conversation becomes as to fast, how fast I can help them. Mm -hmm. So three million percent strategy has five keys. Key one is deepen relationships quickly. Mm -hmm. Key two is elevate your profile. Key three is leverage networks. Key four is build credibility. And key five is establish community. I know that we'll get into some of these later, but mm -hmm. let's go deeper into deepen relationships quickly. Okay. Okay. A lot of conversations at networking events are very superficial and shallow. Very, very true. <laughs> yes. Okay. And if I don't know what they really need, I can't help them. Mm -hmm. Most of the, most of the time, most people are there to pass out business cards and to just take a shotgun approach. And what you end up with as a participant is you might go home with 20 to 30 business cards and you can't remember who those people are or what they do or who they need to know. Mm -hmm. Right. I would try to go deep with 20% of the room. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't keep a number on that. It was just a, approximately how it worked out. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing that I started doing, I would go to each networking event with a certain number of appointments that I had to have before I could leave. Okay. I set appointment goals for myself and I would go into that room, not having any and go in and my, my goal was usually four mm -hmm. and I would schedule those on the spot from the calendar on my phone. Okay. You could use a scheduling link or whatever you want to use, mm -hmm. but we would get deep enough in our conversation to where we knew that we could benefit from a one-on-one -on -one after the fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, I think a lot of times, especially for introverts, they get to a place where if they feel comfortable talking to someone at a networking event, that's where they stay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they like, might I found spend, my person. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they might spend an hour talking to an individual mm -hmm. and may just stay on superficial things the whole time. Why? Because there's this guard up. Mm -hmm. And they are defending their trust, mm -hmm. right? And so what I learned to do is to ask the right questions in a cer certain rhythm and flow. So something I tell my, my clients are there's a rhythm and flow in the, to the depth at which you go hmm. that will open up this conversation. So 
as a financial advisor, I needed, I needed to determine quickly whether they, they were a potential client or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I learned that if I were to ask you about your 401k, ask you about who currently manages your money, ask you about your IRA, ask you about your performance of your investments, those are all quick triggers to put up this wall of defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we don't talk money in public company. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So those are questions I learned to not ask. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I would do is I would try to find someone or something in common as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that would actually open up the trust conversation, whether they knew it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay. So someone is more important to find in common than something. Okay. Because someone would be a gateway to that speed of trust. Gotcha. So if I could find someone in common with someone else that, who I was talking to, uh, if it was if they had had a good experience with that person, it gave them gave them name recognition and a, fin- a sense of uh, community. Okay. So, so what's that lead in question? It's like, oh, is it just as simple as, so who do you know here? Or who do you, how do you open that? How do you, for those who just kind of get paralyzed in those um, scenarios where you're just in a room full of strangers and you're trying to go walk up to someone and then find, okay, can, do we have a connection in common? How do you open that door? Well, it really is a, is a sense of feel. Um you know, it might be something that they have on. It might be, uh, if, you've, if you're a, a regular at that mm-hmm. event, you'll know who the new people are. Okay. But if you're not regular at that event, you know, and you're going in blind, mm-hmm. I just start talking to people and just making conversation. It might be, uh, that's where it starts superficially, mm-hmm. you know, um, and usually I'm asking them about the event. Okay because that's why we're both there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I might ask, what brings you to this event? Mm-hmm. And they might say, oh, well, I'm so-and-so. And a lot of times what happens is they go into their 30 second elevator pitch. I believe it. Yes. Right. And uh, <laughs> so when they do that, I already know that uh, they probably could use 3 million percent strategy and how they <laughs> do things, you know, <laughs> yeah. But I would say, oh, well, who is the most ideal person that I could introduce you to? Okay. And then they will start talking. And a lot of times I will ask open-ended questions to get them talking about their business or who they need to know, uh, who their most ideal client is or something along those lines. And as I hear of other conversations, I'll keep that in mind. But I am remembering as much of what they tell me as possible Mm -hmm. about those key things, because I'm going to introduce them to someone else in the near future. Gotcha. Okay. So even, even if let's say I didn't get to talk much, let's say they didn't ask anything about me at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's say that they've just told me that they've spent their, let's say they've had a job transition. They're new to this role they're new to this industry or they're new to this community. Okay. I might say, okay, well, that's interesting to know. What have you done so far to try to grow your business here? Okay. 
you know, in what organizations are you involved? And they might say, oh, well, I'm in the local BNI or I'm in the Chamber of Commerce or whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, I know so-and-so. Have you met them yet? And that it, is so good. And it feels so much more helpful. And I know um, with Keller Williams, where who's my broker, our thing is about come from service and, um, and, and lead with that. And that is so much of a, of serving conversation to, to serve that other person. And it just, it doesn't feel like that. Okay. You, you tell me about you for your 30 seconds. I'll tell you about me for my 30 seconds. We swap cards, then we move on. And I feel like with that, you're able to open the door to so much more dialogue and you're digging deeper already where I can see how that quickly builds that trust. And it's like, oh, wow, Tim was really interested in really helping my business. Not just what do you do, but like, well, what have you done? And so I think that brings it to a whole new level. And it's, you know, you use this term relationship marketing. And I really like that because I think networking, that phrase has developed a stigma around it because um, I did it for years and I just became so tired of it. It feeling like everyone came at it with a what's in it for me mindset. And if I'm honest, I was probably thinking a little along those lines too. But when you shift your thinking and make it intentional about building those relationships, it, just with your example you gave, it, I can see how it so quickly helps break down those walls to make the idea of networking more palatable. And so, you know, I love this idea of having those deeper conversations. Cause when you said that, I was like, well, how in the world do you open up with a complete stranger and encourage them to give you the, the deeper details um, that you're not going to normally have. So I really like that approach of, you know, what have you done so far and who, who is the person that you would like to connect with and then making it almost a game um, to, to find that person for them. And I think just that mind shift does a lot, even just for me in these two seconds of, of listening to it, I'm thinking, okay, because then I think it, this extends beyond just that chamber of commerce meeting. It's like, okay, in my next outing, what, how can I do that for someone else? You know, where is there another opportunity, not in that structured setting, but that I could open up a conversation and dig a little, little deeper without coming across of, you know, as, Hey, what's your 401k look like, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that's a great approach. Right. You know, and I actually have a whole strategy uh, or really tactics built around these strategies as to how to implement this quicker. Mm -hmm. And so we, we actually have about, um, I've, I've, I've trained over 170 businesses how to do this. And this is oh, wow. replicable. And so uh, businesses can take what I've done and replicate it in their own business. Mm -hmm. So we actually now have businesses that are measuring their results in millions from the throw in percent strategies. Goodness gracious. You know, and something I wanted to add though is sure. part of that is let's say, let's take you back to that networking room mm -hmm. and that conversation you're having. Let's say that is an introvert. Let's say it's someone who's new to the industry or new to their role or new to that community, mm -hmm. maybe just new to that networking event. The more of those I can meet, and then introduce them to one another, take the information I just learned and go and introduce them to another person. Just drag them along with me <laughs> and say, hey, let's go meet this person. 
and I take them over there and introduce them, I can actually get them to talking to one another and I can move on Mm -hmm. and go to another conversation Mm -hmm. and go do the same thing with two other people. What happens is, and and you can go deep enough where you're getting that one-on-one appointment that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But typically if let's say they're brand new and, um, they're new to that role or new to that industry. I'm thinking, okay, they might not know who I need to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but then again, they might need know some people outside of that, but I'm, I'm, it's almost like a sorting process mm-hmm. and I'm doing it very quickly. But if you apply that deep in relationships quickly concept, uh, I'll, t- I'll share this with you. The fastest I've ever gotten was criminal history within 15 minutes. <gasps> oh my goodness. And I wasn't even asking for it. Wow. <laughs> you know, and my wife looks at me like, what are you doing to these people? <laughs> you know? Like and what I'm, kind of mind tricks are you working? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just sitting there asking questions because I'm genuinely interested, like Dale Carnegie would suggest, mm-hmm. genuinely interested in them. And I've just learned there's a rhythm and flow to the questions I ask that will make people, it will unlock doors. Mm-hmm. So you alternate between fact-based responses and emotional-based responses, because here's what happens with it. introverts. They will get into the emotional and it will turn into a 45-minute counseling session. Oh, wow. You know, because someone will open up about mm-hmm. their family, about their kids, about their pets or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Before long, you're having to sort through, go through their their photos on their phone, looking at different things. I mean, just, it it can blow up on you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So you have to be, that's why there's a technique to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why you want to be introducing them to others Mm -hmm. because as you open them up and they begin to talk, you don't want them monopolizing your whole event. Sure. And how do we, if, so let's say we're new to this process and or new to the room and I open up the conversation with someone and I start asking these deeper questions. I don't know anyone to connect them to yet. What do I do at that point? You can say, as I learn who I can connect you to, okay. I will make that introduction for you. Oh, easy enough. That's awesome. Okay. Or let's say if there's more that we need to talk about, let's say I determine that they're a potential client, even mm-hmm. I'm going to schedule a one-on-one with them at that moment. Okay. Okay. Don't get too deep in overselling, mm-hmm. talking too much or something like that. Mm-hmm. Save it for a one-on-one. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes or 30 minute one-on-one or even an hour, right? You want to save the information that they're going to give you for later. Okay. All right. You're not there to try to make sales. Mm-hmm. You're there That's to a good relationships. I think that is a critical takeaway. We're not there to make a sale because I think you, you mentioned that your goal was just to get, you know, maybe four appointments on your calendar. And I do think it's so easy to fall into that trap of I'm here to make a sale. I've got to get one more box checked and to make this worth my while instead of looking at the long game. And so with that, like, how long does it take? I mean, I know with your program, you've had real estate agents go through your program. How long does it take to start establishing that credibility and really 
learn the flow and the cadence of how this works well to start having it work for your business. Actually, I've got a banker who probably put a banker in the program who probably Mm -hmm. put it best. He came into the program saying, how do people not know this? Yeah. But he's been with me for four years now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he measures his results in millions. But one thing he tells his, his mentees, he mentors businesses and how to do through million percent process. Mm-hmm. One thing he tells his people are, this is a change in your consciousness mm. of the conversation flow that you have. Mm-hmm. So you can read Zig Ziglar and John Maxwell and Tony Robbins and all of those. You can read those books mm-hmm. and you can follow shiny objects. But until you have a change in your consciousness and your process of how you have these conversations and how you go about your day and building relationships, it won't work as well for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why going into our peer advisory groups uh, and, and being part of the 3 million percent community, the, the, your conversations change, your language changes, your thought processes change. So where you are thinking about this, so the conversations you had, let's say at that networking event where you went deep with those relationships, mm-hmm. now you have a library of relationships that you can pull from. So as you're having conversations at different events, you're like, you know what? I need to introduce you to Jennifer Shannon, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you might not even be at that event. Gotcha. But if I've gone deep enough in the conversations I'm already having, then I will think differently about how I resource the depth of conversation that I've already built. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I say that to answer your question, it takes time to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can implement it right away. I've actually seen transactions, like I said, happen mm-hmm. within five minutes of meeting people. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that is not the expectation. The expectation mm-hmm. is, let's just back up. If I'm going to a networking event, I'm trying to go deep with 20% of the room. Mm-hmm. The other part of the room, I don't care. I could pass out business cards, but I might as well save them because they're just going to throw them away anyway. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm just going to try to go deep with 20% of the room every time I go to an event. The ideal thing to do is go back to that event at least five different times. And then you've got potentially 100% of the room. Good point. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you've paced yourself and you don't look like such a salesperson. Mm -hmm. You look like a connector. You look like a relationship builder. Gotcha. See what I'm saying? So it takes time. Sure. Yeah. If they're doing an event once a month or once every, you know, every other week to get through that whole room. Yeah. That would take time. But, um, you know, I actually, so before our interview, I did some searching online for the top reasons why people don't network. And I'm going to read a few of them for you. And if you, you can pick as many as you want to talk about, but I think this might help some of the audience who has a wall up when it comes to networking and relationship marketing. So I only have six and I've got fear of rejection, not comfortable talking to people. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable talking about myself. I don't know what to say. It's a waste of time. I hate saying the same thing over and over again. I'm sure you've heard some of these objections in in your time of doing this. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you this on behalf of your audience too. Okay. Uh, really, I'm asking your audience this, but going through you here. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been rejected for trying to build relationships? 
if you're trying to make sales, it's very potential they will put up a wall. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to build a relationship, they're much more open to that. Yeah, I don't think if I asked someone a question, you know, well, what have you tried in your, you know, if I'm opening that door with a conversation at a meeting and I say, well, you know, what have you tried in your business or or who have you met here or something like that? Um, Yeah, no one's ever said, hey, don't talk to me. (laughs) I'm not answering that yet. One of the coolest experiences I've had at a networking event Mm -hmm. was it was at one of our local hospitals. And they were having a happy hour type deal for the Chamber of Commerce. And I already knew a good majority of the room. I felt like I had pretty mm-hmm. good relationships with them. But if you attend these events regularly, you'll see who the new people are and who the people you already know are. Mm-hmm. Well, I was standing by the registration book, you know, back when we did that. And a new person to me walked in. And introduced myself and said, who here do you need to know? And she said, you know what? I've really been trying to meet the CEO of the hospital. And for whatever reason, by phone, by email, I just can't make it happen. And I'd already learned that she was the, um, she was in an administrative role with the, with one of our suburb cities. Okay. And I thought, well, I'm friends with the CEO let me go help you make that introduction. Amazing. And I took her over there and within a week, they had done, the hospital had already made plans to do something with that city. Wow. That was the level of impact it had, Mm -hmm. but that city employee had gone into that event, not knowing a single person. Mm. And because I asked, who do you need to know? That made the difference in everything else she did. And what that did for her, she came to me for everything else. Sure. <laughs> you know, She's like, I'm a believer. Yeah. Yeah. So she would, it didn't matter if it was at that event or not. She would call me and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? Can you get me in here or whatever? So my encouragement to your audience is by deepening these relationships, elevating your profile, leverage networks, building credibility, establishing community, You want to make yourself the Google, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, and the Twitter to your local market. And Mm. that's what Three Million Percent does Mm -hmm. is it creates influence for you in your market by implementing these strategies. So you had other questions here. I don't know what to say. Really, if you're deepening those relationships and building building these relationships, Mm -hmm. it really covers a lot of that. Even... I hate saying the same thing over and over again. That is if you're doing your 30 second elevator pitch over Mm -hmm. and over again, passing out cards. So these objections, they make sense if you're going at this with that kind of old school way of thinking of networking. But if you take your approach, then you don't even have to worry about these because they're not issues because you're you're telling me what to say. You're helping me. Uh, build those relationships you're um, so that I can feel comfortable walking up to someone I don't know. Um, And I'm not talking about myself. So because I'm trying to learn about the other person and it's not a waste of my time because when I help enough people get what they want, they're going to help me get what they want. So, or I'm sorry, they're going to help me get what I want. So Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting that you've seemed to have figured out the secret sauce to taking the pain 
out of networking. So, you know, clearly you're a fan of relationship marketing and you've created this framework and you've mentioned it a few times, your 3 million percent program. And you have these tenets around, uh, you know, what you strive to educate your members on. Can you kind of sum those up for us real quick again? So deepening relationships quickly, elevating your profile, leveraging networks, building credibility and establishing community. I'll break those out individually. So what deepening relationships quickly is designed to do is create strategic relationships. Gotcha. That's the design. Mm -hmm. So instead of passing out business cards, I was going to mention this earlier, Mm -hmm. a game I started playing as I networked is how little I can say about me. Mm. I just started, that was the level of my stream of consciousness Mm -hmm. and how I'm approaching this concept. But what happens is, they walk away going, who was that guy? (laughs) You know, they become Uh extremely interested in everything else that I do, no matter where I am. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even need a business card. They're like, if that guy's here, I'm going to talk to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and so what that does, though, that carries you into elevating your profile. Mm -hmm. So Elevating your profile is basically attaining a thought leadership role within, I learned to do that within the Chamber of Commerce, but you could do it in nonprofits, you can do it in other organizations, even a BNI or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're trying to achieve that thought leadership role and you do that through engagement versus just participation, right? Then you're trying to create this memorable visibility mm-hmm. where people just remember you Without, I, I equate it to being the uh, reunion tower of the <laughs> Dallas skyline. Mm-hmm. Say so you could forget the name and say, "Oh, you know the tower with the ball on top." Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who it is. Yeah, right. They don't have to know the address or the restaurant at the top or anything mm-hmm. like that. They just need to know the name and how to get how to get to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to become was the reunion tower to that room. Mm-hmm. Okay, or, or to that organization or whatever it was. And then that uh, virality, you want people to talk about you even when you're not there. Mm-hmm. You know, you want them to think about how to help you grow even when you're not there. And the only way you can really do that is applying that Ziegler quote mm-hmm. by helping enough other people get what they want. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so they, they will, if they want more of that, then they start helping you. Yeah. And so the, the, I'm sorry, the leveraging networks part. Mm-hmm. That's where you're taking the relationships that you've built at different organizations and events. Let's say it's Chamber of Commerce. Let's say it's a nonprofit. Let's say it's church. Let's say it is uh, your kid's uh, soccer team or whatever. You can leverage relationships from each of those and start inviting people from those people groups to visit your other people groups. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's leveraging networks right there. And mm-hmm. so you can, I'm going to say, cross-pollinate yeah. between those organizations. And then the, uh, the credibility, the fastest way I learned to do that was through mentorship mm-hmm. instead of advertising. Don't okay. spend your money a lot on advertising. Do it through, build your credibility, especially if you don't have the budget for it, is to build through mentorship. Um, you know, <laughs> you it doesn't matter how much you spend unless the branding part of advertising is just to create top of mind awareness. 
Mm-hmm. But if they don't already have the relationship with you, why would they care? Sure. You know, and then the establishing community part, that's where you build this, this rich sense of community around your purpose, around your why. Mm-hmm. And they will want to be near you just to be a part of the cause. Mm. I love that. And, and one thing about your platform is that, so you have this training that you help work people through, but you put folks in, uh, you, I forget the name that you called them. It's like a growth group. Um, the growth groups are, I call them peer advisory groups. As peer well. advisory group. That's it. Okay. Um, where you guys, you've got a group that gets together and really works through the details of this and figures out how to make this, um, you know, a day-to-day where you're, it just comes second nature. You know, you don't even have to think about it. You're just, your instinct is to, to come in with curiosity and say, well, tell me more about that. And, um, and I think that's something that's, uh, you know, just continues to help build that relationship and how, you know, when you started building this, how have you seen that work well for members who are in those groups? They developed a wolf pack mentality. Okay. So they hunt in packs. That's what, <laughs> that's what makes them so effective. Granted, gotcha. you, could, you could take my online course, you could read the book, you know, I mean, I've got a, a, a 90 day planning guide, you know, 90 day action planner that basically bullet points everything that I've ever done and how to tactically make these strategies work for you. Mm-hmm. But it's that stream of consciousness, right? It's the accountability to it. Mm-hmm. It's that sense of community that you're working with others through it. But what, what, what I did was I took the, the I'm going to say the, the small group life group formula from the church concept mm-hmm. and brought it out into the business community where they meet in small groups of 10 businesses at a time. Mm-hmm. And their goal is to help one another implement these strategies and make those build, help each other build those relationships they become referral generators for one another. But what that does is it grows their sense of unity. Uh, there's, a, there's a Latin term, uh, per unitatum vis, per unity okay. strength. Mm. And so, so through that unity in their mission, they grow stronger. Mm-hmm. And when you've got, uh, like Rockwall probably has, I want to say right now it has two really strong growth groups. Mm-hmm. And they help one another. Right. So we've got about, let's say, 30 members just in the Rockwall community. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, that's really strong. And they go out into the Chamber of Commerce. They go out into the BNIs, into the networking groups out there. And they are all working together, even if they're not in the same room together. Mm-hmm. They're working the community together. That's smart. And then it helps. So if you are new to the process, it helps you walk in with that first time, knowing you already have a team supporting you and you don't have to worry about like, well, I don't have anything to, to offer yet. Um, but you do, cause you've got these people behind you. Cause maybe then if you don't, you know, someone needs a CPA, maybe you don't have a CPA in your peer advisory group, but someone knows a good one. And you can go to them and say, Hey, I found this great person that just needs this. How can you help me? And then, you know, leverage the team. Um, and, and I, I like that idea too. So, um, you know, Tim, you have given us some great things to even just start the, 
I, and I know it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg, but to start us off with this relationship marketing and doing it so much better than we've done in the past. And, um, and, you know, I think this is a great mission. I think the world of networking uh, could use a, a freshening up as far as the way the people attack it. So, um, so I love this. What are some ways that people can stay in touch with you? Um, the 3 million percent program. I mean, you mentioned a book, a, an online course, you've got a lot to offer. Can you run through some of the ways that people can stay in touch? Sure. You can reach out to me on Facebook and you can get through my page, Tim Nichols, comma strategist. Okay. Yeah. comma strategist. And you can also reach me on the 3 million percent Facebook page as well. On LinkedIn, you can reach out to me, Tim Nichols. And my email address is tim at 3millionpercent.com. That's the number three, spell out millionpercent.com. Uh, those are probably the simplest ways to reach me. And I can plug you into existing groups. Uh, I do offer coaching where I go shoulder to shoulder with you and help you strategically gain influence in your market. Well, Tim, thank you so much. I know this is providing so much value to the real estate audience and anyone else listening to this. What's interesting is my focus in this podcast is to help real estate agents build their brands, but so much of the advice we've gotten, and especially this, it transcends just the real estate industry and applies to anyone that's looking to build a small business. So I love that. So thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate you, Tim. Thank you for having me. Well, friends, that's the show for today. I hope you learned as much as I did about relationship marketing with Tim Nichols. You can get the show notes to this episode with all the links mentioned in today's podcast by going to marketingacademyforagents.com slash EP3. And that's just the number three. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. The growth of this podcast is critical to giving you quality interviews like this to help you build your business. That's all we have for today. I'll see you next week with more great tips on marketing your real estate business.